Hello and welcome to Future People Podcast. I'm your host, Imani Walker, and I'm so excited to share this new show with you. Future People Podcast will feature conversations with community leaders and creatives really making a difference in their industries. I'm speaking with people who think outside the box and are imagining a bright future for themselves and the people around them. A bit about me, I'm a journalist. I'm a former CBC News and CBC Radio producer. And through this work, I've been able to share stories from racialized communities in Toronto and the GTA. I've worked on politics, news from the front lines through the pandemic, and now I'm focusing on my own storytelling. I can't wait to share these holistic conversations with you for season one. We have some amazing guests lined up, so stay tuned for the next episode of Future People Podcast. Today's guest on the podcast is Jordan Souk. Jordan is a Canadian artist known for creating exciting work that engages and stimulates his viewers. Known for being bold and explorative, he definitely thinks outside the box as it's nothing like any art you've really ever seen before. I first connected with Jordan back in 2021 when he did an art installation in Union Station, really representing Black Quarters in Canada. And most recently, he has a new installation on the TTC that has people wondering, what the hell does this mean? If you've been on the TTC lately, you've probably seen a few black eggs on the walls, on the posters that would normally decorate the TTC. Well, that's actually Jordan's art. And a lot of his work challenges people to really think about what we consider art and how we engage with Black communities and Black artists. So without further ado, this is my conversation with Jordan Souk. Welcome to the podcast, Jordan. (laughs) Thank you for being here. I will admit, you know, we both had such busy schedules. I think that comes down to just like summer, you know, summer being here, living fully in your purpose and just having your time taken up by that. And that's, I think that's okay, you know? So I invited you to the podcast because I worked with you a while back when you did an installation at Union Station. And we'll get into that in a second, but you currently have an installation on the TTC. And from what I can see, they are black eggs. (laughs) I know there must be this huge meaning behind all of this. Um, but let's start off. Tell me simply, how did you actually get into art? Who inspired you to get into art and become an artist? Um, so it's always a weird question because, mm. you know, people, every artist will tell you that they've been doing it their whole life. And there's probably like these key moments throughout our journey that like are like, oh, this is like a big step to me becoming an artist. So for me, that first uh, introduction was through my mom, uh, and she had put me in art classes with, uh, at the time, uh, he was just coming from, uh, I forget which country in Africa he's from, but is an artist named David Kabuka, who is now internationally known for uh, his paintings uh, and depiction in African art. So he was actually a teacher in Toronto here in the uh, early 90s uh, so you know before a five-year-old version of me was taking classes with him on the weekend and that was really my first introduction to uh, this thing called art 
then you know fast forward uh to high school uh i was always good at art but we never really saw it as uh, a viable career path so uh i took it in school but was never really a big fan of uh or never really understood art so i actually went into school for marketing uh advertising and after that uh it came to me that you know art was just really the soul uh or the heart of my creativity and i realized that i wanted to transition from that marketing space and apply my creativity in its most raw form which was art so that's kind of like how i got to art and then through that i got introduced to you know uh the warhols and the boskiats of art and artists that i could originally relate to and then through there you begin to learn about all these other amazing artists that existed before you and try to find your own way and your own voice through all that. Mm. You mentioned some big name artists who were some of your inspirations. I know you just spoke about that relationship um, and mentorship you had. Who did you look up to growing up? Uh, it's interesting because of the fact that like I had such a late introduction to the arts. So my creative inspiration were other artists like the Kanye West and the Jay-Z's of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually saw the Yeezus tour back in, I believe it was 2014. And that was probably like one of the first times I saw art at like a high level in terms of production, stage design, all that fun stuff. And it was at that moment I realized, I'm like, okay, I want to do something creative with my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely uh big shout out to yay for formerly Kanye West uh for that um another big inspiration of mine uh was uh an artist by the name of Marcel Duchamp uh he was one of the first artists that I probably was able to connect with and understand uh that was making work using everyday objects and very similar to my own practice he introduced what is known as the ready-made and the use of these everyday objects and things that we find. And you see it in my work now, things like the hats, the eggs, things that we're familiar with are kind of um, motifs that I sort of play with. Mm. So let's talk about the eggs. Like I saw it in the TTC and I was like, what, what is this? Cause I now have to take line two now to commute to my, new job that started last week so (laughs) I have been taking line two I've seen it and I remember being like what are these black eggs I'm like didn't I see Jordan oh this is Jordan what does so let's actually for people who haven't seen it let's describe what it looks like and we'll get into what does it actually look like yeah so it's a series of black eggs um in unique formations unique positions sort of scattered but also uh, placed strategically as well uh and it's an installation that you know takes up the entire train car 5292 um leaving no space for any other ads uh and it's really an immersive experience uh for viewers almost a surprise when they get onto the car um rather than being inundated with you know the typical subway ads uh, they're, they're entering an experience um, 
where they are now taken to, I guess, in a way, a different place, and they get to engage their mind or relax their mind uh, in a different way. Um, the eggs are all black, and their contrast on a white backdrop, um, and it takes up the uh, overhead subway cars uh, ads, as well as the um, posters that are on the walls there. So uh, everywhere you look, there is a new formation of these black eggs. Uh, and with them, you know, it really is sort of a reflection of our own thoughts and our own experiences. The installation as a whole was really more sort of focused on probing the questions around who gets to interact with art, who gets to experience art. You know, I wanted to sort of remove uh, the idea of the quote unquote red tape of the gallery uh, and really bring work directly into the heart of the community. I think mm -hmm. that there are a lot of barriers surrounding art. Uh, mm -hmm. Art is for uh, anyone, but it's not always for everyone. However, those that would like to participate often are kind of left outside of that conversation. So I really wanted to find a way to uh, interact with the community at large uh, with this installation. And in terms of uh, the eggs themselves, uh, you know, Eggs can be very symbolic of many things. Uh, when I look at the eggs, I think of life. I think of uh, new beginnings. I also, you know, might think of death as well, too. And uh, what I wanted to do was sort of challenge the viewer uh, of their own perceptions. And I think my work as a whole really is focused on, you know, challenging the viewer's perceptions and representing familiar objects to them. So with that, uh, we, you know, wanted the eggs to be black and, you know, being a black artist myself, um, there's many uh, narratives that could be drawn from that as well. Uh, mm -hmm. I love the idea of challenging, you know, something that is a traditionally one color and, and changing it to another. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, you know, one can interpret this many ways. I've, I've heard the work being interpreted as, you know, uh, the life crisis uh within a black body. I've heard, you know, others say that uh, it was relation to um, things with the Boston Tea Party back in the 1800s, where there was, uh, I think, um, a, they were getting rid of these black eggs during that time, something I personally didn't know about. So mm. the work is really there to uh, be interpreted by the viewer and, and in itself is really just a reflection of our own thoughts, emotions, and feelings. Mm it's very true because for me, I'll tell you a little bit about what I interpreted. I was like, okay, these eggs are black. Eggs normally aren't black. I feel connected to this as a black person for some reason. And I don't know if this is representing life, you know, how, how we view black life. Um, did you actually paint these eggs? <laughs> yes. So okay. these are all, individually hand painted and right. so full story uh i actually made this piece back in 2020 mm. um the original work uh after the killing of george floyd um mm. so when i made those works i was my mind was really focused on um the crisis of quote-unquote black lives and i was thinking around life and black bodies but also too i was thinking on the idea of one being inside of uh, a shell. Mm. And I think that we as humans as a whole, 
uh, black or wherever you come from, we tend to uh, live inside of these shells. And I think that um, that is something that anyone can relate to. And I think that is something that we all go through at different times in our lives where we're going through transitions, we're going through phases that uh, what is maybe reflected on the external might not necessarily align with the internal and vice versa. Sometimes, you know, our external is uh, maybe uh, more telling than what is on the inside. And so there's a lot of things that can be taken away from this work. And I really felt that there was no right or wrong answer with the work, but rather something to probe the viewer um, to uh, react to their own sense of self. Mm. So you said that this idea came to you around the time that conversations uh, about the death murder of George Floyd were happening. I mean, they're still happening now, but just that period in time in 2020 was so powerful. Um, did you, were you thinking about the fragility at all of Black lives and how Black, the Black community feels when we talk about Black, even Black Lives Matter? Totally. Um, I feel like, you know, um, as a Black artist, by default, you know, my work, uh, whether it is directly speaking to a specific subject matter or it is openly speaking to a specific subject matter, uh, I feel like it will have elements of that interpretation regardless because we can't escape our own experiences. Mm -hmm. And I personally think that uh, when I was thinking on, you know, what that looks like, um, I was thinking of also the collective. And so when you look at the piece, there is many eggs and uh, the top of the subway car, it just kind of continues in a bit of a pattern. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking of, um, one, uh, the idea of a collective of people uh, and how they operate together. I feel as though, you know, one of the things um, that was powerful or that I wanted to communicate within the work was the fact that there is uh, power in numbers. There is strength in um, formation, uh, strength in uh, assimilation and congregation as well, too. And so that's why when you're looking at the pieces on, on the walls, there's unique patterns, whether it's, you know, the eggs in rows of three or in a circle or, you know, stacked on top of each other. Each form is meant to be interpreted as a new sort of uh, gesture of a conglomerate coming together. And I think that's what uh, the work uh, speaks to within those pieces, because as we are, it does reflect our own humanity. And I think we as humans all are reliant on each other in one sense or another, just as the eggs are leaning on each other, stacking on each other, the image is not the same if one piece is missing. And I think it's a reminder that we are really the sum of a whole. Yeah. It's nice to hear that because that's literally what I was thinking, looking at this, like, there's so many elements to this and it does give a collective community feeling for you. Who's your community? Like who do you, when you want to bounce ideas off of someone or you're like, oh, does this make any sense? Or is this too far-fetched? Like who do you turn to and, and how do they have, they help support your art become what it is today? Yeah. So um, 
I mean, my first uh, person that I go to all the time is my best friend and partner, uh, Liviana Single. She is, you know, one of the most brilliant people I've gotten a chance to meet. Curator, artist, um, you know, just overall uh, one of the people that helps, like, direct my career. Uh, So she was the first person I usually, like, will communicate with in terms of seeing what that looks like. Um, Me personally, I don't hold a degree in the arts, so it's always nice to communicate with someone who does because they're looking at it from a different eye the next person i would look to is uh my other two team members uh david and steph they always give me um what the public might perceive this as uh jordan you can't say this jordan you can't do this (laughs) you know um those are people that i i look to directly in terms of like the critique of my work however there are amazing creatives out there that i watch within the city who inspire me uh designers artists um some are friends some are you know colleagues um you know uh there's a gentleman named kazim uh Kute, i think that's how i pronounce the last name he runs new currency uh amazing um amazing creative amazing artists um my fellow friend uh just john also an amazing musician all these people i'm in dialogue with uh when creating like new works when looking to break new works because uh i believe that you know as a community uh from toronto you know we uh we do come up together i don't feel that anyone is on an island and so i feel like to be in constant dialogue with members of you know this creative consulate is important because at the end of the day like the works speaks on we are really the sum of our full parts and I believe that as an artist, I'm just, you know, one cog in this larger machine of, you know, art coming from Canada, the next generation of, of artists, designers, creatives. Um, and I feel as though, you know, it's my responsibility to that community as well to, you know, one, continue to create, you know, work that is immersive and, and pushing forward, but also to work that is representative. So, um those are some of the, you know, people, um, Toronto is full of amazing, and I, and I left a bunch of people out. So anyone who's watching this, just forgive me because you know who you are. But um, there's really just uh, great people coming out of the city who are creating great work. Uh, and I'm constantly going to different galleries, different exhibits, you know, uh, runway shows just to see, you know, what's happening, what's out there, um, what the pulse of things are. and uh, I gain inspiration from, from life itself, you know, and I think it's amazing to, um, to really just be a part of, of that dialogue. I know each installation and art piece that you do, they always, they're always so different, you know, whether it's this, the eggs, whether it's the union station installation where you had the Porter hats, like a huge installation of Porter hats, black Porter hats, which had such a cool story behind it. I don't know. Can we dip into that a little bit? Just because I, I know it so well. I remember when, when we were talking about it, like even your relation to it, your family, them being porters. Yeah. Let's get into that just a little bit because yeah. that is still something I think that people remember for sure. Yeah. So uh, that piece was really groundbreaking uh, in terms of presenting my work in the public space at a, a large scale. Mm-hmm. Um with that piece, you know, it was really something that we were talking directly to uh, the Black community, 
but also too, it was relatable at large because anyone can relate to the idea of, you know, the blue collar, the working man, um, all these things, you know, the collective of, you know, pretty much one of the, you know, founding uh, unions of Canada, you know, mm-hmm. and I think anyone can really respect that. And, and just, it uh, was, just to let them know what it, what it looks like, how tall was it against? It was a pile of, Porter hats, so like the train worker yeah. hats. Yeah. But it was like what, 15 feet? 15 feet tall. 15 yeah. Tall. So it looks like a massive pile of mm-hmm. hats. Um, Just the in the relation, middle of Union Station. <laughs> in the middle of Union Station, yeah. yeah. So we were walking by, and like at first, we're like, what is this big black thing? And mm-hmm. the hats are actually all individually coated with uh, a stucco like texture. Mm-hmm. giving it a lot of grit almost looking like coal and so actually when you're looking at the piece it's actually representative of a mound of coal that would be you know um used for powering the trains during the time of the porters which was between the late 1800s and i think to the early 1930s 1940s um it was pretty much one of the few jobs that black men were given uh, post-slavery that had any um, sort of respect or decency around it. Um, and mind you, they worked like long hours for very little pay. Um, <laughs> however, uh, a piece like that was uh, important because of the fact that it symbolized, you know, Canada's first uh, labor union being formed. Uh, and it opened up the opportunity for other groups to actually come and immigrate and, you know, form their own uh, labor union as well. So the hats, all 2,400 of them are symbolic of um, the amount of uh, men that worked on those lines, both in Canada and America as well, um, and really sacrificed uh, in a way that was, um, I guess, sort of kept from the history books, you know, uh, and it really was a contribution that was um, not really looked at as a contribution up until this point. Uh, and it was, the piece was an homage to those men who, who laid that foundation or, you know, helped to build uh, and connect the country. And then you found out that a, a relative of yours was also a porter. Yeah. Yeah, so my uncle's uncle, and it was because of this piece and, you know, being involved with the work, who actually uh, let me know and, and showed me that, hey, we have family that was actually a porter. So that made the work even so much more symbolic to me because it felt as though uh, things were coming almost 360 in a way. And that, like, an opportunity like this provided to me uh, to be able to tell this story was only right even based off of you know the lineage and ties to uh the train directly and the porters directly and it was really once i found that out that you know there was a deeper level of connection to the artwork in that you know it felt as though part of you know there was a spiritual connection Mm -hmm. within the work uh through you know ancestry and and i think that was important because that is my experience but that's also the experience of so many other people as well uh, throughout Canada who have, whether they know or not, have relations to um, the porters because at the time, like I mentioned, there was not many opportunities out there provided for uh, Black men within the community. 
And so you talk a lot about connecting to the work, but that one is specifically one where it's almost like you're connecting even to a new part of yourself that you didn't know really about before. How much of your art is actually like, I think sometimes it's, you know, the way you just described the TTC was like giving people an opportunity to interact with work, right? But it's almost like you're giving them an opportunity to interact with you, you know? I wonder how much of this work, your art, is you kind of trying to meet yourself again and find yourself again, find different parts of you that, you know, you didn't even realize existed before. Yeah, um, I think that's a very interesting uh, statement uh, because we, I, I believe as artists, always are trying to find a way to escape ourselves. And the reality is in that attempt to escape, we end up just interacting with ourselves in a deeper way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of one of the crises of an artist. And it's also the beauty of it is that I don't necessarily look to inject myself personally within the work in terms of whether it's like, you know, painting a painting and putting my face in the work as an example. I don't necessarily inject myself, but I find through trying to remove myself from the work, it almost reverts full 360 and I end up finding that I'm finding more about myself through this removal of myself within the artwork. And so when I create works, it's something that I personally feel is meant to not only speak to myself, but speak to others at large. I think that through that is how I actually learn more about myself and how I fit within this larger community um, that we exist in. Um, I think with myself, you know, um, I try to um, make work that uh, opens up points of intersection and conversation um, for all groups, uh, our group, but also to the groups that like might not necessarily uh, know who I am uh, or know, you know, what my work is about. But I think there's room there for interpretation that really like lends itself to a larger dialogue. Uh, and I think that, you know, through that process, you can then begin to find out more about who I am uh, when you begin to get to those levels of dissection, you know, um, use of the black eggs is also, you know, intentional in the conversation relating to the piece at Union, to my previous installation harvest, or even the Snoop Dogg piece, all these pieces um, intentionally are all black using the same color tones um, and being in dialogue with one another, um, you know, sort of uh, creating a bit more of a conversation around, uh, you know, not only black art, but also like the, uh, I guess, dynamic changes within contemporary art as we continue on. So uh, through that is pretty much just like how I find myself and you can find traces of me within the work as well. This installation the egg installation is still ongoing and you're still getting different feedback and you're you probably may even be thinking about it differently each day but is there something that you've learned about yourself through this specific process um 
even just a feeling, a thought that really kind of has changed you? Yeah, uh, I definitely learned that, um, you know, I believe that it's important to exist, um, as they say, IRL in real life Mm. uh, within the community. I I definitely have learned that I'm someone that uh, enjoys tangibility uh, and I enjoy um, the physical, Uh, you know, obviously, you know, the world as it is is shifting to a digital space mm-hmm. and digital space has been uh, tremendous for not only myself but artists and creatives and everyone all over it's opened up a whole new frontier however I realized through this work that you know um, like myself uh, people we have things to do and we have places to go and the train is really uh an intersection point where that's that happens uh and through that i realized that you know i myself uh am someone that wants to continue to work within a community uh to impact you know uh the community uh at scale and i realized through that that you know who i am as an artist it was really based off of uh those around me and and the community at large uh and that is sort of like where my voice is is strengthened and empowered. And I think that, you know, through that, um, through this installation, I, I've learned a lot that, you know, um, one of the beautiful things about creating work for the public is that uh, it, it really is for them, you know. Uh, and I think that is um, one of the things that I've learned about myself to be able to identify within this community in terms of creating work, creating things that is um, for us, uh, but also in a way learning to challenge myself um, and and push myself outside of the norms uh, of what a conventional uh, artist might look like. Mm. Yes. And I think that's exactly why I was like, I would love to talk with Jordan on the podcast because he's changing what we think of when we think of artists when we think of artists in Toronto um, when we think of black artistry and um, it's definitely very thinking outside the box (laughs) Um, when you look at you know artists in the city now or even just maybe some artists that are coming up maybe becoming more well known even just the impact that you've been able to have um, what what kind of where where do you envision artistry as a whole, you know, collectively going here in Toronto specifically? Yeah, so I mean, by default, because Toronto is the largest city in Canada, we have a responsibility per capita, you know, to mm-hmm. produce um the next generation or a fraction of the next generation of, you know, Canadian artists and creatives. I personally believe that there has been a gap in the maybe global understanding of Canadian art. Uh, I think when people think of Canadian art, they think of like group of seven, they think of like landscape painting, you know, um, and I think of maybe uh, more first nations, uh, artwork which Mm -hmm. that is Canadian art and Mm -hmm. I want to like totally acknowledge that Mm -hmm. uh I think 
in the contemporary space, as time has gone on, it's opened up a new dynamic uh, for new artists to have voices. And I think where we are right now is we are laying the platform and beginning to jump off of that platform uh, and change what the idea of Canadian art actually looks like. Specifically, Black Canadian art, I personally believe, uh, is at a place where it's so fragile and still so much in its infant stages because of the fact that there has been a lack of, um, I would say, we have not always been put to the forefront. Mm -hmm. And so artists that maybe uh, were unrecognized are now getting an opportunity for recognition. I think that it's important because we talk of this diversity in Canada, but yet sometimes we don't see that diversity represented in all spaces. And the arts is a space that has been traditionally dominated by a certain group. And uh, where we are right now is there are doors and windows opening for other groups to begin to have a voice. And it's important for us to make, uh, to make, you know, great work, to create work that is um, storytelling, to create work that is impactful, meaningful to not only our community, but also, you know, the general community and show our contributions. I think that, that's one of the things that has been left out is we haven't been able to really um, flaunt or, uh, you know, be acknowledged for our contributions. And I think that's, you know, one of the sad, but also one of the beautiful things um, that presents itself as an opportunity is like now we have an opportunity to uh, acknowledge things of the past, acknowledge things that we have been able to um, bring forth, acknowledge, you know, those that have come before us and also, you know, lay the ground for those to come after us. I think there's going to be a real shift over the next decade in terms of representation of Canadian art. I think there's going to be a real shift uh, in terms of uh, equality. Uh, And I think we're going to see work that is um, less dominated by one specific group and more inclusive. You know, uh, I believe that if you're only able to, you know, see uh, so far, it limits your, your, your global perspective. It limits your view. And I think by having new voices added to the conversation, it really uh, opens up the scope and the horizon for, for new things to happen. Um, I also think specifically in the black art space, you know, we, we have a tendency to create works that are, you know, tied to maybe generational trauma. Uh, and almost in a way being specifically depictive of uh, black trauma, maybe maybe black bodies specifically around that. And mm-hmm. I think there is a place for that work. I love, you know, artists like Carrie James Marshall, you know, the Astor Gates, um, artists whose work really uh, speaks to that. But I also feel as though there's an opportunity now to create work that is not solely based off generational trauma mm-hmm. and 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 I think that's where I see myself as an artist sort of coming in is creating work surrounding uplifting stories uh mm-hmm. and new stories and 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 retelling uh and taking control of our narrative um we are not 
solely uh, based off of, you know, one thing. I think sometimes people think our, our history starts at slavery. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's really important to broaden the scope of what people think of when they think of a quote, quote, black artist. And in my case, specifically a black artist from Canada. So how does that look like? How do we interact with, you know, Canada as a whole? And, and where do we fit in? And what does our voice sound like? Mm. Like, I would love to see more art celebrating life. And I think that's exactly what you did, celebrating Black life. And I think that's exactly what you did with the egg, the egg installation. Because, you know, even when I'm thinking of um, Black life and fragility and all of that, I still got a hopefulness from it. Because the egg, to me, represents newness and ideas and birth. Um what came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> I don't know. Like those, all of these questions are going through my mind as I'm looking at this. And um, I wonder for any artists who may listen in and um, are thinking of like where to start and, you know, is my idea too far-fetched and will people understand this work? You know, what, what advice do you have to give to them? Yeah. So um, with, uh, the work um, or what I would suggest uh, for any artist, you know, looking to um, sort of create work or new work, uh, follow your instincts, follow uh, your interests, because that will lead you to what is your artistic voice. I think that when I'm looking at, you know, art as a whole, every artist will have their own distinct voice and you can only be the best version of yourself and I think that through that you will begin to find what you like and what you don't like and what is true to you and what is not true to you and um, I would say that it is you know not a competition with anyone but yourself and you're looking to have a conversation uh, with a lot with a with a community at large with with you know other artists um, we don't exist on an island. So that's what my suggestion would be, would be to make what you want. And through that, you will begin to find, you know, your voice, um, your way, your truth. Uh, because really, at the end of the day, like, there's a quote, they say, you know, um, they say everybody else was taken, so just be you, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that that, is, that remains true uh, to artists as well. Amazing. Well, I've loved speaking with you. I always feel like I take away so much and I get to pick a little bit at your brain, which is this, I feel like it's just this big art canvas. So thank you so much for taking the time. Um, You talked about music. You talked about artists that inspired you. Is there a song that gets you in the creative flow? I'll throw it in after this episode. Ooh, a song that gets me gets me in the creative flow. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, I think I mean that level will change probably every month. Mm-hmm. But uh, one that has gotten to me recently uh, would be maybe a hundred mil by J Cole. Uh, I really like that song. J Cole is one of my favorite artists. Um, I like the new Kendrick album. I don't know if there's a specific one, but mm-hmm. the project as a whole I think has really been beneficial for me uh as a creative i I love kendrick uh i love what he did um the other day for the louis vuitton show rest in peace virgil um 
so yeah i would say like definitely like uh, music coming from those two artists really like helped to get me in the right uh space whether i'm creating whether i'm sketching you know drawing or even if it's just going for a run um that's that's the kind of stuff that gets me there so if you're listening to this you can't go wrong with j cole a special thank you to jordan for taking the time for the podcast you can follow him on instagram at Jordan Souk, S-O-O-K. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Future People Podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Imani Walker, Imani 2As. Thank you so much for listening. Take care.